Hello, it's Peter Wright and Catherine Vauvay with another episode of the Yakking Show Business Channel. This is the show and the channel where we bring you actionable business tips and ideas to improve your business and to help you survive and thrive in the interesting times we're living in. And we do that by bringing you interesting guests. Today is no exception. But first, let's introduce co-host Kathleen Vauvay. Hi, Kathleen. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Peter. Thank you so much for that. And thank you also very much for tuning into our show. We so appreciate having you. And if anyone out there is feeling burnt out with their business or their lives, this show is definitely for you. We have the great privilege of welcoming Steph Gellies in the, for the show today. She is a business coach who empowers individuals experiencing burnout to reclaim their lives by building a purpose-driven uh, business. And uh, welcome, Steph. Hello, how are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm doing really well. I really appreciate being here. So, Steph, what is your unique skill for helping people experiencing burnout? So over in the course of my career, I spent a lot of time going through multiple different jobs. I actually had 32 jobs in 15 years. 32. So I... <laughs> So I tried my hand at a whole bunch of different things and I just like found that, you know, some things I'd get excited about and then I would learn it really quickly and then I would want to move on. And so um, I finally did settle on getting a Bachelor of Social Work degree and then I worked in the nonprofit industry for many years. Mm -hmm. And what, as most people find in nonprofit, is you're typically overworked and underpaid. And so I was single-handedly running a, a family charity um, by myself. And so it was a lot of work. I really enjoyed work but it was a lot of work and I just felt like I didn't have a lot of time for my family I had a new child that I wanted to spend more time with and when I was laid off at the beginning of 2020 during the pandemic it was the time that I decided you know I think this is the time to figure out what I really want out of life and to not go back to living that burnout life and so um so I moved into business. I, I made six figures in my first year as a career coach and resume writer. And now I help other people do the same thing. So start a business, be able to have more time and more freedom and um, just really live a life that they don't need a vacation from. Wow. Well, well, well done. 32 jobs. I thought I'd had a lot. And I think even in my long life, I've probably only done about 25. So well done. <laughs> Guinness Book of Records territory you're going into. So, Steph, you, you're talking, you help people overcome burnout and avoid burnout and, and that sort of thing. Do you think the burnout problem has been aggravated by the, the three-year lockdown or do you think more people have come to uh, do things to prevent it? That's two sides of the same question, perhaps. What's your, your opinion on that? Yeah, I think that... During the pandemic, there was a people kind of took it different ways. Some people took it as an opportunity to kind of rethink their life and other people really struggled with it, especially those frontline workers and stuff like that. It was a really challenging time for them. And so I think that the biggest thing that I've noticed is now that the pandemic is mostly over and people are expected to go back to work, they don't want to go mm -hmm. back to the office, right? Mm -hmm. They want that freedom, that flexibility <clears throat> that they had working from home. They wanted to be able to, you know, maintain that more family life a lot of people were able to spend more time with their family during the pandemic and people are trying to build that into their life more and so I'm finding a lot more people are looking to start a business than probably mm -hmm. pre-pandemic because they also realize that their finances are are not guaranteed in a job right with all the layoffs going on recently especially in the tech industry um your 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 job is not guaranteed mm -hmm. and so to be able to build something that you can have more control over can also give you a little bit more security 
Mm-hmm. And you know what? You bring up a good point because I think people now recognize that they they want they've reassessed their lives going through this and they want more out of their careers. Mm-hmm. Instead of the nine to five job, it's they're feeling the grind. They want more out of they want to be their own boss. They want the autonomy. And that's why I think a lot more people are are, you know, veering towards entrepreneurship. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. And also gravitating towards those organizations who provide that to them. Mm -hmm. Like some of the newer organizations, you know, they're really they really focused on that, being able to provide more balance and more family time. And Mm -hmm. so uh, that's also another thing that people are gravitating towards. And some of those other companies that are expecting you to work in the office five days a week are are struggling to find employees. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So how do you how do you align your client skills with business opportunities that they could start? Do you actually suggest to them different types of businesses that they could start? Yeah. So over the past two years, I have helped probably over a thousand people get back to work. So I write their resumes. I did career coaching and I help them get back to work. And so during that time, I spent a lot of time researching different jobs because when I first started, I knew nothing about technology. And so when I got a software developer and I had to write the resume, I had to learn a whole new language, right? I had to learn the way that they want to write, the way the hiring managers would read their resumes. And so over the past two years, I have I have researched so many different jobs. And so in that time, I, I really can... If someone comes to me and says, these are my skills, this is what I've done, I can pretty much provide them with three to five jobs like pretty quickly mm. based on what their skills are because I've done all that research into, you know, the job opportunities that are out there. And so when so when people are sharing with me and they're interested in business, it's kind of the same thing, right? I, I love business. It's my most passion. I love talking about business and helping people come up with business ideas. And so um, I'm, I always have like a lot of ideas that I can provide to people based on their skills and, and what they enjoy doing. Are there hmm. certain ones that are more popular than others? Like what what is the top one would you suggest, would you, do you think is probably the most popular? I think probably the online business side of things is becoming mm-hmm. more popular because a lot of people are looking to, you know, stay at home, spend more mm-hmm. time with their kids, you know, have less overhead, right? Mm-hmm. So if they have less overhead, then they're able to, um, you know, they're able to make more money quicker and they're not, they don't have to put as much money in at the front end. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. that's the most important thing. Yeah. And and when, of course, when you say an online business, that could mean a whole whack of different things, right? It could be an yes. online store that they manage it could be uh it could be you know doing interviews <laughs> yes absolutely but what is it in particular that is popular about online is there anything that you would um, typically suggest to people that they do I, I really think it's individual based on kind of what each person wants to do. But I found a lot of people, I mean, the coaching space is just really popular right now. And so that's always a really popular one that people like to choose or providing some sort of service, right? Mm-hmm. Something done for you, like a virtual assistant or like I was doing resume writing. Um, different things like that can really um, can really be a quick and easy way to, to get your name out there and be able to provide that service for people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you do you see as as a a spinoff of this the whole thing we've been talking about? Um, this could be the salvation for many small towns in North America. Yeah, absolutely. Because you can work from anywhere. Yeah, that's right. Like I, I work with 
some of the people that I'm partnering with, um, you know, other career coaches and other business coaches, they, they travel, right? They, I have one who, I have a friend who works in Mexico half the year and she works in North America the other half of the year. So she just kind of does whatever she wants and goes wherever she wants and is able to build her business while she's mm-hmm. there. So it just provides that really exciting life that a lot of people dream about, but um, it doesn't seem realistic, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, interesting. So, what's your secret? You you started your first online business and you made six figures in the first year. What what was the real secret? How did you do that? Um, I don't think it's much of a secret, but I just worked super hard. You know, I I made a lot. Of, I built a lot of relationships. Mm-hmm. That was mainly what I focused my business on was really building those relationships and doing a lot of relationship marketing. So um, I would use LinkedIn and I would just reach out to people, start conversations, see if there was any way we could help each other and build partnerships. And I ended up building a lot of really great partnerships that that were referral partnerships. So we could each refer to each other, okay. make a referral fee as well as get clients. And so it was just a really great way to um, build the business with low startup costs because I didn't mm-hmm. need to advertise to do that. I just needed to take some time um, through LinkedIn to be able to build those relationships and get on phone calls. No, well then. This business that you're currently doing right now is your coaching business that you you first started that gained you gained like six figure income in your first year. It's this particular one. Yeah, so I was originally I was doing resume writing mm-hmm. and career coaching, and right? then just this year in 2023, I added business coaching because I found a lot of my clients who wanted oh, to start a business, and I ended up talking myself out of out of work because I was like, well, I do career coaching and you're kind of looking more for business coaching. Right. And so then I was like, well, I might as well just add another offering so that people can uh, also get business coaching through me as well. Wow. Mm. That's fantastic. So, so tell us about your five steps to starting a business. Yeah, for sure. So uh, the first thing is just to choose a business in an area of expertise. Mm-hmm. I think that the the most important part about that, and, and I share a lot with my clients is that you, it, your first business doesn't have to be your forever business. Nice. Sometimes you need just a starter business to get yourself into the entrepreneur world to kind of learn how to get started, get your feet wet, and then you can always specialize later. And so just choosing a business idea that you could be excited about something that you would be willing to share with others and something that would make you happy to do every day is important, but it doesn't have to be your forever business idea. So stop choosing something that you think might work. Um, the second thing is to test your idea. So making sure that people want what you have to sell, right? Mm-hmm. So, so providing free services and letting people give you um, feedback, giving you testimonials so that you can really build your portfolio, make sure what you're offering is what people want, and then they can help you provide feedback so they can tweak it and you can make adjustments in that way. Um, the third thing is to build partnerships with business owners. So like I was sharing before, I did a lot of relationship marketing. And so when you build when you build partnerships with business owners, you don't have to market quite as much mm-hmm. because you're able to access, um, you know, other people's um, network as well as your own. And so you're able to kind of share in that as well. So it helps build both businesses really well. Um, and then another thing that I did in part of like starting my business was taking on part-time contract work. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning, especially because I jumped in full time, which I don't recommend necessarily doing a side hustle is probably a lot better. But um, I jumped in full time. And so I took on some part time contract work so that I wasn't so worried about making ends meet every month. And I was able to, you know, build my business in a way that felt more natural to me. And that way I was able to still have an income while bu- while doing the contracts while still focusing on building my business. Mm-hmm. 
And then I, I actually, in my first two years, I never had a website. And so like a lot of people say, you know, the first thing you need to do is spend X amount of dollars and get a website, right? That's the first thing people say. And I didn't do that. I used LinkedIn as my website and marketing platform. And I didn't have a website until just this year, actually, in February, I decided to, I decided to jump in and get a website, (laughs) but it's not necessary to start your business, right? Sure. The cl- clients are looking more for social proof than they are because anyone can build a website. Yeah. So if you can prove that you're an expert in your field by, you know, blogging, by posting, by, you know, building relationships, people are going to be, they might look for a website. I probably lost a few sales here and there because they probably looked for a website and couldn't find one. But overall, I think I, I wouldn't, I don't regret that choice by saving that money and building it into relationship marketing rather than spending it on a website. Mm-hmm. Very, that's very interesting concept. And you also mm-hmm. saved hours of time because I know I've built many websites and I know it's never finished. It's all, when you do it yourself, it's always a work in progress. You're always tweaking and adding and spending hours that could perhaps in the early days be more efficiently spent elsewhere. So that's a really good lesson for a lot of people, I think. Yeah, I should have spoken mm-hmm. to you years ago. So, so uh, Peter, I just want to jump in. I just yeah. want to have one other question related to the five steps sure. that um, is talking to us about. You mentioned about, I think it's the second step, where you're offering clients some free services, some freebies out there. I I just wanted to pick your brain a little bit about the success of that, because that can be controversial for some people, because they think that giving something away, it just completely undervalues what you're what you're offering rather than giving it a, a discount instead of completely free. I'd like your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think I really I agree with you 100%. I think that you do need to charge for your services, but when you're when you're talking about a brand new product or a brand new coaching program that you've never delivered before, it can mm-hmm. be hard to put a price on that because you're mm-hmm. not even sure what what value you're providing. And so I only recommend providing free for friends and family or acquaintances. I don't, I don't suggest providing free for, you know, anybody out there because typically you're asking for a testimonial in, in response. And if you provide it for some person you met on the internet, the chance of them actually providing that testimonial is a lot lower than if you're providing for a friend or family. And so, um, you know, charging a small or or a discounted fee for people you don't know, I think is definitely valuable. But if you're really wanting that honest feedback and you're like, okay, this is my coaching program. I think this is, I think I've got gold, but I need someone to go through it and see if they like it. Then having a friend or family do that at no cost where they can provide real, true, honest feedback because they know you and they're not afraid to share what their thoughts are. Then you can really up your delivery ability right your your product is going to be a lot higher if you can get that feedback from real people who are experiencing what you of what your clients will be experiencing i agree mm. wholeheartedly mm. and the other thing that the other question that i would have in my mind is if you're starting a business from scratch and it's it's an online business how do you put a price tag to the value that you bring that's it's a hard one. A lot of people don't understand, like don't know how much should I be charging for this or, or for, you know, whether it's a course or a product, how, how do you go about helping them navigate through that? Mm-hmm. That can be a really big challenge, right? Because mm-hmm. it's, you, there's coaching programs out there that are like a thousand dollars. And then there's some that are like $20,000 for the same product. Right. So right. I think the key is to kind of look at the market, depending on what they're offering, kind of look mm-hmm. at 
the market and what they're what they're offering and then i typically tend to start lower right when you're first starting and then once you've got your first like three to five clients and they're happy and they like it and you've refined your product then you bump it up to be more market value um i think it also depends on you know what the person's financial goals are can kind of affect how you price up how you price an item too when I started resume writing, I offered a resume at first for $150. That was just like my starter fee. And now I charge $650. And so like, it's a big difference from then to now, but my skills have also increased a lot over the years, sure, right, right? To be able to um, to provide a way higher value product to people. And so I think it just, I think it, it naturally will grow with you. And I think that you need to continually be increasing your fees as well as your knowledge grows and as your experience grows. So it's kind of an it's kind of an individual answer. So it's kind of hard to give you like a number, right. but yeah. <laughs> no, it makes sense. It makes a lot of yep. sense. Yeah. So, the, of the people that come to you and want to start a business, some I guess take your advice and do, and others don't. What, what would be the single biggest factor holding people back that stops them taking that leap and starting a business? Is there one thing, or is it complicated? Um, I think probably the biggest thing that holds people back is feeling like they're not an expert and they don't have anything to offer. Mm -hmm. I work mm -hmm. primarily with women. And so I've worked with so many people who are like, you know, I just don't, I don't think that I could do that. I don't have anything to offer. It's like, but I, so I have a, a client who's a nurse and she was working in emergency during the pandemic. And so it was a very stressful time. She experienced extreme burnout and it was really hard for her. And so I suggested that she should start, you know, a coaching business and help other nurses who are experiencing burnout, because she said that, you know, in school, she didn't learn anything about the mental health side of nursing. Mm -hmm. And she felt like that could be really valuable. And she was like, Oh, well, I'm not a psychologist, I couldn't offer that. And then but then I shared with her, if you were a nurse experiencing burnout, do you think you would learn more from a psychologist who's outside your field, or someone who's been through what you've been through and can really relate on a deep level to what you've mm -hmm. been through mm -hmm. and she was like oh yeah that makes more sense right and so really thinking about um what you have to offer because we all have something to offer sure and i truly believe that there's enough room in this world for everyone's business idea and because i think that different people relate to other people in different ways and so i really believe that you know even as you know whatever you want to do i think there's room for it and so to be able to offer your service is valuable and so to get over that fear and have a coach to be able to share with you whether they think you can share that experience and whether you have the skills to be able to do that or to help you build those skills it can be a really valuable way to get started mm, mm, mm. so that's an interesting point you make about you think there's enough room for many many more coaches do you think we'll ever reach a saturation point where enough people leave the corporate world and start their own business and a lot of them go into coaching that we'll have more coaches than clients or you think there's a long way off well, I mean, there's a lot of people in the world. So I think that would take a lot of individuals because there's some people who start their coaching business and they just want like, you know, three to five clients sure. a month and they're just looking to do it part time. And then there's other people who want to like build an empire, right? And, and be famous and all that stuff. So it just like, I feel like somewhere in between, there's probably room for everybody. I think mm -hmm. that, I mean, I'm sure there will reach a saturation point, but I really honestly don't know what that would be because when people specialize in different areas right there's like I'm, I'm someone in my network is an adhd coach well that they're going to provide a very different service than sure. you know someone who's just a strictly a business coach or yep. someone who's a life coach and so i think that in different stages of your life you're going to be interested in different stages of coaching so yeah right. no, good point good point back to you kathleen
So, Steph, what if I were to call you as as a client? What initial steps would you take with me? Yeah. So the first thing I do is we usually um, we spend the first few sessions really digging into what the business idea is. Mm -hmm. And so making sure that it's sustainable and marketable, because, you know, a lot of times if we're going to make something and, you know, if people are creating a craft idea, it can be a lot of time and effort to put into that. And you have to charge the fee to be able to make it sustainable. Right. And so looking at those numbers, making sure that it's sustainable, what the business, their business idea and coming up with different ways to market their idea and, pro- and, and create products. And then the second part would be to figure out their target market. And so that was one of the mistakes when I first started my business um, was not really having a niche market. I kind of just was like, well, I'll just help everybody because I was just starting and I didn't really know um, that I needed to do that. And so really, but really focusing in on a, on a target market can help you reach more people more quickly because people can relate easier to your message. And so really focusing on that target market, helping them hone in on those people that they really want to serve um, can be really helpful. That's kind of the second stage. And then the third stage is um, creating a launch plan. So that can be, you know, what marketing, um, like what platforms they want to market on, um, how they're going to launch, how they're going to price their products that they can get to the launch stage. And then going out there and actually creating that first post, because that first post can be the scariest post that you ever create. So creating that first post in order to share with their network and then going from there after that. Mm. Excellent. Wow. Very good. So there you know, Kathleen, you get fed up with our talk show, you know who to talk to. Huh? <laughs> never, Peter, never. <laughs> no. <laughs> Steph, we we have Kathleen's going to prompt me if I don't hurry up and ask you this question. This is what we call our burning question that we ask all our successful business guests. And and the question is, in your experience, and you've been coaching a lot of people, and some have taken your advice, some have done well, presumably some not so well, and you've helped people get started in careers. So in all those people, do you think there's a single characteristic or, or mindset that would separate those who are successful uh, from those who remain average um and never really make it. Is it one thing or is it more complicated? Um, I think that the biggest thing that sets people apart is having a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. And so people are are willing to learn, they're willing to grow, they're willing to change and adjust as they are learning new things. I think they're going to go further towards their goals. Um, I think I think remaining average can be something that can depend on each person. I think each person's goals are different, whether you Mm -hmm, just want to make an extra $500 a month or you want to make $500,000, right? Like it can, it depends on what your goals are. But I think that having that growth mindset is really what sets people apart, right? They're able to, you know, learn, they're able to take advice, they're able to make adjustments, and then they see changes a lot quicker when they're when they're willing to, um, you know, listen to other people's advice and seek seek advice from other people. Right. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good point. And that that answer comes up quite frequently. Let me tell you. And what does not come up is mm-hmm. go to a better university or get an MBA. That's never come up in over two hundred interviews. It's, That's right. It's a short. Yeah. It's a small group of answers similar to what you said. Curiosity, perseverance come into it. Asking questions, but it's it's all around around there. So we have a couple of minutes in hand. Um, Podcasting, what do you see about, what's the future of podcasting? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, I just started podcasting myself just like two months ago. That's (laughs) why I'm asking you the question. (laughs) I think that, um, I think that it's something that's going to be here to stay. I mean, people want to, people who want to learn are, are doing so quickly and easily and being able to listen to a podcast 
um, you know, while you're working or doing something else can be really helpful. And so I think that it will be something that's here to stay. I also think that um, it's just a great way for people to get to know you a little bit more. Right. Mm -hmm. So like as you're, you know, you're and and have great interviews with other people, you know, you get to know other people, you get to learn from them. I think that's really what business should be all about is the connection aspect of it. And so I've really enjoyed um, doing it for the short time that I have been doing it. But it's been a lot of fun. And I think I've met a lot of great people and I've actually been able to reach more clients. So I think that's super helpful as well. Good. So tell our audience what your podcast is called and how they can find Um, it. My podcast is Launch Your Purpose Driven Business, and um, it's on all the major platforms, um, Apple, Spotify, and all the other ones that people listen to. Um, And yes, it's about helping people figure out if they want to start a business, you know, some early business strategies and, you know, some mindset growth to help you um, build your business ideas. No, wonderful. Very good. I'll give it a listen. Yes, absolutely. So, Steph, how do people contact you? Um, I primarily hang out on LinkedIn. So uh, my LinkedIn profile is linkedin.com slash in slash Steph Gillis. And then I have a website, www.stephgillis.com. And then I do have an Instagram profile. I'm not on it super often. That's great. We will put that in. uh, It'll be on the video. And for our audio listeners, all the details will be in the descriptions on whatever platform you are listening to this on. Back to Kathleen. Great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Steph. We really appreciated having you. And thank you also very much for tuning in to our show. And if anyone is interested in being a guest on our show, please visit us at theyackingshow.com. All you need to do is click on the contacts tab where you will find a short application form, and we would love to hear from you. So until next time, take care, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs>